0: those that, Make the whole world experience what it is. I thank God for these men and women who have been rolling with me since March. Uh, we've been getting it done and we've been getting it done well. So I'm excited. I'm thankful um, to have such an amazing team to be able to do a ministry with. I don't take that for granted. Not every pastor has the same privilege, but every pastor has the same honor um, that I have. But I thank God for these men and women of God that are standing with me and have been walking with me. I'm um, doing this entire time. I certainly thank God for them. If you have not already, go ahead and share this. That somebody needs the word of God. Share this with them. Invite them to come to church with you today. Tell them they can come as they are. Literally, they can wear their pajamas. Tell them to come on in. Tell them to come on in the house. Amen. Where well, the table is spread and the feast of the Lord is going on. We want to see their face. We want them to be a part of the Hopewell experience. Again, go with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 6. 1 Corinthians chapter 6 verses 18 through 20, 18 through 20, First Corinthians chapter 6, verses 18 through 20. I'm going to give you some time to get there, but we're continuing in our series. We're in, we're in part four of our series entitled This Is Us. This Is Us. Last week, we opened up the door and we came and we came by, just stopped by for a little bit to kick in, to encourage our singles um, to maximize um, their singleness. I hope, I hope that, I hope you took those words to heart. I hope that you are applying those principles of the Word of God, the wisdom um, that Paul shares. I hope that you're applying it to your life. And really, I hope you we're embracing where you are. God has you where you are for a reason, and there's something that He wants to do in you and through you, even in this state of singleness. It may not be forever, but where you are right now, God does not want you to miss this moment to live your best life. I told you, you're living your best life. Don't start when you get married. Living your best life started when you got saved. Hallelujah. When the Lord saves you and redeemed you, that's when your best life began right then. So we're gonna take the second week again and we're we're going to um, continue to encourage our singles. Now I get it. I realize I'm, it, the word might step on a few toes this morning. Don't get mad at me. I'm just a me- I'm just a mailman dropping off a delivery. Don't get mad. Don't get mad. Go to the post office and talk to the postmaster. And he can give you. Uh, he can be able to help you out and and make sense of some things. But I'm just a mailman, just doing a drop off and just keep going. Here it is. First Corinthians chapter six, verse eighteen through twenty, and it reads as this: Run. From sexual sin. No other sin so clearly affects the body as this one does. For sexual immorality is a sin against your own body. Don't you realize that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. Who lives in you and was given to you by God. You don't belong to yourself. So God bought you with a high price. So you must honor God with your us honor God with your body we're going to continue this series part four of this is us and I want to use I want to use for a title this morning let's wait a while yeah yeah I know Janet said it first but I'm saying it again let's wait a while God we thank you God we praise you God we magnify you and we lift you up God, I pray that we will, that we're ready to hear what your word has to say. Even if it hurts our flesh, God, help us to be mature enough and desire to grow, Lord God, to grow spiritually, to grow to a place, Father God, that we will see your word not as a harm, but as a help. And that we will apply your word, Father God, that we may see results. We've already made it up in our minds that whatever it is the word, whatever action the word is calling us to, that we're going to obey and that we're going to do it. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. And all of God's people said, "Hey, man, Find somebody in your house and just say, let's wait a while. Let's wait a while. Let's wait. Let's wait a while. Let's wait a while. Let's wait a while. That's Janet would say, before we go too far. Don't act like you don't know the words. You know it. You Even on the Sunday, you know the words to that song. Oh, yes, you do. You know it. You know it. Let's wait a while. So last week again, we started, uh, we continue in this series encouraging our singles and, and, and encouraging them to be able to live their best lives right now, embracing where they are, seeing it as a call and not a punishment to allow God to use them right where they are. And I believe, I got a sneaky suspicion, and I believe that along with us embracing 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 our singleness and God using us right where we are. We cannot talk about singleness and not talk about sexual purity. Uh, we got to be able to talk about it. We got to be able to share about it. Pastor, why are you talking about this? Oh man, we should be talking about saving souls and going on mission trips and, and, and giving out candy to kids and, and making sure the widows and the orphans are taken care of and, and planning vacation Bible school and, and doing a virtual revival. We should not be talking about sexual purity. Yes, we do need to talk about sexual purity in the house of the Lord because some are saved. They are saved, they are sanctified and filled with the Holy Ghost and that will fire and they're getting it in at the same time and they're not married and it's something that we need to talk about to see what does God have to say about sexual purity what does God have to say about sex outside of marriage why does God care about what I'm doing with my body with who I want to when I want to how I want to God has a lot to say in his word to us about how we shall walk in holiness unto him. Let me go ahead and drop this real quick. It's not in my notes, but I feel like I need to say this anyway. Holiness has nothing to do with your dress. Holiness has nothing to do about how well you speak in tongues. Holiness has nothing to do about how well you dance, how well you clap on beat. Holiness has everything to do with your lifestyle because you, you, you can have on the right attire. You can dance the best like everybody else you can play the baddest tambourine you can have a mean two-step you can know all the church jargon that there is but yet still not walk a life that is pleasing to god in every area of your life all right oh and then there was a holy hush amongst the saints of the Lord. Why pastor are we talking about sexual purity? Why pastor are we talking about sex? Because it is something as my pastor would say it's two things that everybody wants and we don't want the preacher to talk about it. That's money and sex. We want more of it but we don't want to talk about it in the house of the Lord. All right. Cool. What does God have to say about sex outside of marriage? Why is it important to him That in your singleness, Mm -hmm. that you not only embrace your freedom, but you embrace holiness and you embrace your own sexual purity. Let me paint a picture for us real quick because here. If I had more time, I would have had a bed up here. But we're gonna, we're gonna make do. We're not gonna make no excuses. Praise God! We're gonna make do with what we got. I'm realizing, and I'm seeing that most people—they're okay. Hey, well, I, I can, I can, I can, I can, I can do this with being single. That's straight. Okay, that's fine. That's all well and good. I can embrace it for a. I can embrace it for a season. Okay, but here it is, Lord. I, I, I know You told me to be wise, God. I know You told me to strategize. I know You told me uh, to be well informed about what I'm doing and to think about this. Pastor said last week that you don't have to wait until you're married to live your best life, but your best life starts right now. So I'm going to embrace my singleness, but I'm going to sprinkle a little bit of sex in there too, Lord. I'm going to embrace where I am as a single but Lord, as a single, I, I, I wonder, I, I know what I desire, I know what I want. I'm just gonna go ahead and just try it out just a little bit before I make a lifelong commitment of marriage. Just to make sure, Pastor, it makes sense, it's logical. No one buys a car without test driving the car. Nobody buys a house without going and checking out the house to make sure that the house can be able to accommodate your needs. Pastor, it's logical. I'm not going to commit myself to someone until death do us part and not try out the project to make sure that my needs are gone. To be met, don't look at me like that this morning because you know I'm telling the truth. We're fine with embracing our singleness as long as we can be able to put together the perfect package All right. Break it down. that gratifies my flesh, mm-hmm. that meets my sexual needs. So, we'll embrace singleness and we won't. We're fine with the love seat, a seat for me, a seat for my spouse, a kid on their lap, a kid on my lap, and a little little pet named Lionel. You can't forget about Lionel. Lionel completes the family picture. Lionel completes everything. You gotta have Lionel in the picture. But pastor, before I get there, let me just go ahead and be a good steward of what you've given me and turn this love seat into a bed. And just take it for a little bit with whoever I want to kick it with, so that I can make sure that my needs are being met. Can I tell you that sounds that sounds good? It makes logical sense. But can I tell you that it's not God's way? All right. Can, can I can I can, can I say that and you don't get mad at me? That I know it sounds good. It makes logical sense, but it's not God's All right. way. Well. I told you a few weeks ago I told you a few weeks ago if you've been following along in this series that sex is a wonderful thing sex is a beautiful thing if it was not for sex I wouldn't be looking at you and you wouldn't be looking at me it's a wonderful thing that God has created within the confines of marriage between a husband and a wife not a husband not a wife and there's some entanglement but a husband and a wife that he has created sex to be the ultimate connection. I'm giving myself to her, and she's giving herself to me. and we're walking as one. Mm-hmm. He wants to use his word to encourage us, to encourage singles. Let's just wait a while. Let's just wait a while. Let's just wait a while before you go too far. You are not going to die if you don't have sex. No, you're not. You're not. I can guarantee you you're not. You're not. You're not. Go go to the, go, If you don't believe me, go ask your primary physician. You're not going to die if you don't have sex. You're going to be. You will be okay. I know. Well, pastor. I'm pastor. I'm pastor. Pa- Pastor, I'm just I'm Pastor, I'm just hot, I'm just burnt. But you're gonna be all right. You're gonna be okay. You're not going to die. Here is a myth, here is a misconception that we think. Oh well, Pastor, I'm single, I'm so lustful, I'm so lustful. Paul, Pastor Paul even said that it's better to marry than it is to burn with a passion. Here it is. Here's the first thing I gotta come out the gate and tell you. Marriage, it's gonna be on the screen in a second. Marriage will not cure lust. <laughs> Pastor you don't lost your mind. No, I have not. I'm just trying to help us to be able to walk a life that pleases God. Marriage is not going to cure lust because here it is: you will go and get married and marry someone just so that you can be able to have legit sex and then get in and then get in that situation and realize, oh, I don't messed up because now I've slept with my wife, but now I'm still desiring to be with other people. marriage is not going to cure your lust this is something that you have to go to the father and ask the father to be able to help me here it is here it is here it is here it is it should not be a thing where you're going and asking God and praying to God God take these feelings away God take these desires away hold up wait a minute now it's going to bless somebody when you get married just ask the Lord to keep you to help you to hold on until he blesses you well oh, I can't get no help here this morning until he blesses you with someone in your life. But here it is. Marriage is not going to cure your lust. Marriage is not going to be, to be the antidote for your lust. Marriage is not going to solve your lustful problems. This is where you have to get real and expose yourself with God and say, Lord, here I am. Everything that's in me, you know my heart is not right. My actions are not right. My behaviors are not right. And I need you to to help me. Because you run the marriage and you realize, oh, wait a minute, this, 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 ain't, this ain't it. And then you're looking for something else. And that'll suffice for a little bit, but then that's not enough. And then you're looking for something else. And you'll find yourself on an escapade never being totally fulfilled because everything's been based off of lust. You know, lust, lust just goes for what is one. Lust is selfish. <laughs> You're not thinking about the other person. You're not thinking about what their needs are. You're not thinking about what their desires are. You're solely thinking about yourself right. and what you need and when you need it and how you need it. All right, Pastor, you're kind of getting on my nerves. Now go ahead and keep on with this message. I got a question for you this morning. How do you wait? How do singles successfully wait for sex in a sex-driven society and culture? How do we make it through this, Pastor? Because everywhere we turn, we see it. I mean, it's a commercial. Oh my gosh, I think it was a commercial for Hardee's. They're talking about the burger. The woman is coming out there, got a half shirt on. I mean, I'm thinking to myself, don't nobody eat no burger that's sexy like that. You just eat the burger and let the stuff drip down your face and you just enjoy your burger. Nobody eats a burger like that. Everywhere we turn, everything is being hyperly, everything is being overly sexualized. So how do I do it, Pastor? How do I wait? I hear what you're saying, Pastor, but there's temptation all around me, Pastor. I hear what you're saying, Reverend, but there's temptation everywhere that I turn. You're almost like Paul. When I look to do good, evil is always peeking at me, hitting me up on my inbox, paging me, beeping me. Pastor, what do I do? How do I navigate successfully in a hypersexual society? And culture I'm so glad you asked that question I'm so glad that you're thinking about that Because Paul helps us here Paul writes this letter To the church at Corinth Because it's a whole bunch of sexual stuff That's going on I mean you got folks sleeping With everybody, anything, whomever One guy marries his stepmom And the church has nothing to say about it Nobody is talking with this brother And saying hey man you're wrong For getting with your dad's wife That's your stepmom You're supposed to look at her as a nurturer Not look at her as a lover I mean you have all these things going around I mean society and the culture is is, is just centered around sex so it has become norm for the next generation hey everybody around me is doing it I might as well keep on the legacy and keep doing what everybody else is doing Paul comes in to bring some order and to share some light on sexual sin and what it does to us when it's done outside of the confines of marriage Here it is in verse 18 It tells us it tells, it tells, Look at verse 18 He says run from sexual sin No other sin so clearly affects the body As this one does For sexual immorality Is a sin against your body Pastor I just asked you a question How do I wait for sex In a sex driven society And culture Paul tells us right there In the first part of verse 18 He said run But let me add this to it Run for your life Don't just run, but run for your life. Some versions say flee. Get out of there. Because the longer you stay, the longer you're going to be enticed. And the longer you be enticed, the more you're going to get weak. And the more you get weak the more you're going to get vulnerable. And the more you get vulnerable is when you're going to fall prey. And when you fall prey is when you are going to let your guard down and then you will enjoy a great moment, but you will wake up with grief. You will wake up with guilt, realizing I should not have done what I did. It was great. It was fun, but I should not have done what I did. Paul says the truth of the matter is you need to run. You need to get out of there. You don't need to stay there any longer. You don't need to try to see how strong you are. You don't need to tempt God to see if God can be able to bring you out. You need to get out of there. You don't need to play with fire. You don't have to try to sit there and pray Well, God. Should I indulge? Should I not indulge? You need to get out of there as quick as you can. You need to get out of there quick, fast, and in a hurry. Paul says run for your life. Because here it is, sexual sin is tempting. Sexual sin is tempting, and get this, sex is great and fun. Okay, you, you look, don't look at me like that. Sexual sin is tempting. And sex is great and fun. It, if it was not if it was not fun, if it was not enticing, it would not be tempting but because it is fun because it is because it is enticing it is tempting that's why Paul says don't sit there and try to don't sit there and try to go back and forth don't sit there and try to debate Paul says you have to run if you are going to wait if you're going to wait successfully and effectively in a sex driven culture and society you have to run for your life I'm reminded I'm reminded I'm in Bible country as Pastor Ronaldo Henderson would say in Genesis chapter 39 we look at the life of Joseph this man this man who had been through some things but we see the hand of God that is over his life every step of the way I mean from the time that he is birthed when his father announces a favor that's on his life when he's thrown into captivity when he's sold into slavery when he's in the jail when he's in the prison we see the hand of God that is over his life every step of the way but when you look if you remember that story in Genesis chapter 39 that all of a sudden the Bible says the Bible says that he got picked up by Potiphar and Potiphar has him working in his house. The Bible says that Potiphar's house was blessed because Joseph was there. And Potiphar didn't have to worry about anything at all. The only thing he kept from Joseph was his wife because that was his. That was his wife. Joseph had to get his own wife. Potiphar had his own wife and he get, he placed everything in Joseph's care except for his wife. Bible says but Joseph was a good-looking man. Okay, all right, Pastor, paint the picture with the say? by the imagination. Joseph had a six-pack. He ain't walking around in a white beater. He ain't walking around in a T-shirt. He's not walking around in a servant shirt. He's walking around. He's, he does manual labor, so he's built. He has a nice body shape. And when the Bible says, one day, Potiphar's wife, she's walking the past, and she takes a step back, and she said, wait a minute. What is this that I just saw? caught her attention he was attractive she was caught by, the, by his physical appearance and she extended an invitation when Potiphar wasn't around she said hey Jojo come here baby come here come here how about me and you it's going to happen later on down in history but how about me and you have the first official entanglement huh how about it how about you and I Get together and have the first entanglement. Ain't nobody got to know. I know Ron Asley and R. Kelly going to come with a song, but we can keep it on the down low and ain't nobody going to know. Nobody has to know nothing. We can keep this on the hush hush and won't nobody know anything at all. Just come lay with me, brother. Just come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. You look good. I'm looking good. What you got. Potiphar ain't had that in a long time. Just come lay with me. Joseph has a conversation with the woman Because here it is, here it is Joseph understood, he told her He said, ma'am, I can't do it, I can't do it I appreciate it, I appreciate it Because that automatically, he could have he got the big head off that. But he says, no, no, I, I can't do it He said, my master has trusted me with everything And everything that belongs to him Except for you, because you are his wife I can't do it, I can't do it I can't do that, I can't do that What was it Let's stop, Joseph? from making the mistake of his life. Joseph realized that his character and his integrity was on the line to realize, he realized my, my character and my integrity is on the line. Oh my gosh, if yeah. my boss finds out what I have done, if I were to do it, I could lose my job, I could lose my 401k plan, I could lose my insurance. But most of all, he said that stuff is fine, but I will lose my character and my integrity because get this, character and integrity makes its presence known in, tempt- in tempting moments. Oh yeah, that's 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 when the real that's when the real character and integrity is revealed in tempting moments. Okay, well, Pastor, help me out a little bit more with that. If you're dating somebody right now and the moment is getting hot, I mean, y'all was just really trying to Netflix and chill and really watch a movie, but the moment got hot, I mean, I mean, you, the feelings are going all over the place. You looking at them, they looking at you. You look at them, they look at you. They look some more, and you look some more as well, and it's getting hot in there. But real character and integrity will say hey let's wait a while before we go too far because our spiritual integrity and character is on the line joseph realized i cannot forfeit everything just off this one time I can't give up everything just for this one moment. Oh, and you have to be mindful. You got to be careful. You got to be careful. You got to be careful because the enemy will try to trick you into thinking, go ahead. It's just one time. It's just a little sex. Go ahead. It's just one time. Just go ahead. You need it. You've been stressed out. You need it. Go ahead. Go ahead and do it. And he will present something to us. And never let us know the long-term effects All right, that it's going to have. You may be able to walk clean, free from the moment, but after it's over, you, you got feelings. You don't call some feelings. This, this was literally just supposed to be sex. But you don't call some feelings now. You don't call some feelings. Oh, wait a minute. Something's going on in my belly. Now a child. Is getting ready to make an entrance into this world off of a one night stand. Your character and your integrity is on the line. The Bible says she was aggressive. Part of his wife was aggressive. She knew what she wanted. Her mind was made up, and she caught Joseph when he was by her by himself again, and she grabbed him. She said, Boy, come here. Bible says that Joseph ran, he ran, he ran, he ran, he ran out of his clothes. And what did she do? She went and lied and said that Joseph tried to rape her, tried to sleep with her, and he was thrown into prison. But even yet still, because he operated in character, godly character and integrity, God gave him favor everywhere he went. Yes. And he protected him and he preserved his life. But what if Joseph had given in? What have Joseph given in to that moment? Can I tell you of The believers, unbelievers are watching and seeing how you are living as a believer, as a saved individual that is a believer of Jesus Christ. They're watching to see what you are doing. They are watching to see how you live your life. They are watching to see. And let me tell you, it is a horrible witness to see just lifting your hands and praising God and you you hear come a Honda and you running and shouting and doing all that. But when I see you on Snapchat, oh God, because that's where the saints let loose at on Snapchat. Now on Facebook and Instagram, don't get it twisted. Snapchat is where we let it all hang loose. But when I look at your life and I see what you are involved in, uh-huh. I don't see Christ in your life. Go ahead, Pastor. I don't see how he's getting the glory out of your life. Here it is, here it is, let me help us real quick. I gotta hold you up because y'all done get mad and we don't, 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 don't turn, stay right there, stay right there. Don't turn, stay right there. Here it is, it's not just physical, physical running isn't enough. Fleeing the scene is not enough. You gotta guard your heart, and you have to guard what you entertain oh God help me today here it is Mark said this Jesus said this in Mark chapter 7 verse 21 through 23 he said this For uh, verse 20 then he added it's not what comes inside it's not it is what comes from inside that defiles you from within out of a person's heart comes evil thoughts sexual immorality theft, murder adultery greed Wickedness, deceit, lustful desire, envy, slander, pride, foolishness. He said all these vile things come from within. They are what defiles you. You have to guard your heart. Oh, Pastor, why do I have to guard my heart? Because soon, soon, soon. If you want to know what if you really want to know how a person feels, just hang out with them for a little bit. Because sooner or later their heart is going to speak. Right. Sooner or later, their heart is going to show up to the conversation and expose themselves right. and say some things that you're like, what did they just did they just say that? You gotta guard your heart. In me, in me, God in my heart because the hub of our hearts is what I'm thinking, how I really feel. And you do understand, you do understand how sin starts, right? James says in James chapter one, verse 14 through 15, he says this temptation comes from our own desires, which entice us and drag us away. Then... These desires give birth to sinful actions. And when sin is allowed to grow, it gives birth to death. Do you hear what, do you hear what he says? James says, you just, in other words, you just don't fall into sin. You did, you just didn't have hazard up to bam to go see it. <laughs> I didn't even see it coming. No, 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 no. This was a thought that you had in your mind, and that thought burst some actions on the inside, and now your actions show up to the conversation and say, Hey, let me out of here. I got some plans for tonight. night yes, sir. You didn't just have sex. It didn't just happen. You don't. You do You don't. You don't. You don't just fall into sin. You slide and glide on in there. Come on, Ain't something that just happened I mean, c- c- can we be? Can we be honest? Can we be real? real. <laughs> it doesn't just happen. It's intentional. Oh, you know what you like. Here it is. Let me help us real quick. The greatest person that you and I can deceive is ourselves. <laughs> the one person other than God that really knows you is you. Mm-hmm. Don't nobody know you like you know. Oh, I, I, I know we know how to dress it up. We know how to come to church. Hallelujah. Praise God. Oh, he's a wonder down in my soul. We know how to talk it up. Oh, yeah. You know, deep down inside, Amen. even in worship, you iron out, you iron them out. Ooh, Lord, how God, great, God, how great you are. I, I see your creation, Lord. Doesn't just happen. But desires give birth to sinful actions. And then sin is allowed. To grow, so you got to guard your heart because, in the hub of your heart, is your mind. And if you don't take authority over your mind, your mind will lead you to places that soon your feet are going to follow. Mm-hmm. Right. The enemy is real good at tempting and enticing us but never letting us know, never alerting us of the long-term effects that can happen. Guard your heart, but don't just guard your heart, but you have to guard what you entertain. You gotta gotta guard, You you gotta guard what you are allowing your eyes to be exposed to. Great. If I'm to. If I'm trying to wait in the sex-driven society in the sex-driven culture, I ain't got no business watching porn. Uh-uh. Single, married, entangled, whatever it may be, you got no business. Watching porn. Why? Because again, James said it, James said it. These desires give birth. Your eyes are exposed. It impregnates and then it gives birth to sinful actions. Can't be reading novels that's sex driven. Because it would take me somewhere. That I don't need to be, I can't, I can't, I can't be involved in conversations that may take me there. Because uh-huh. get this, soon, conversation, it'd be cute. Oh, look, let, me, let me send them this picture. <laughs> let me send this. You see, look at this. Soon, conversation and pictures won't suffice. Okay, bam. We done did the pictures. Okay. We done did did the little screenshots. Come on here. Let's let's go ahead and let's do the thing. Let's go ahead and just do it. Got to guard your heart. You got to guard what you entertain. Because it's waiting. Waiting. Waiting waiting. I like what Paul says. I like what Paul says. I like what Paul says. The latter part of verse 18. He says, he says this, he says, for sexual for sexual immorality is a sin against your own body. How is it a sin against your own body? Because it's not just sex. Sex, again, I'm not saying this because I ain't got nothing else to say. It's emphasis that I want you to be able to grasp. What's created For a husband and wife to fully engage and to fully give themselves to each other. When we step outside of God's plan for how he created sex, now I'm in illegitimate relationships and connecting with people. I'm entering someone and someone is allowing me to enter them when they shouldn't even be doing that. At all, it's a sin because it's not just sin; it's a sin against its own body. But look, at, because look at what he said in verse fifteen. Look at what he says, y'all. He said, "Don't you realize that your body are actually parts of Christ?" Should a man take his body, which is a part of Christ, and join it to a prostitute? Never. And don't you realize that if a man joins himself to a prostitute and he becomes one body with her, the Scripture says the two are united in the one. But the person who is joined to the Lord is, is one spirit with him. He said, don't you realize, don't you realize that your body, your body is a part of Christ? Don't you realize that? Don't you realize that you're opening up, you're opening yourself and you're exposing yourself to a union that has not been sanctioned by God? You're opening yourself up to sexually transmitted diseases. You're opening yourself up to unwanted pregnancies. You're allowing a person a piece of you that they don't rightfully deserve because they're not your husband or wife. That you're entering into covenant with somebody and you haven't even walked down the aisle. Ain't signed no marriage license. Paul says this thing is more than just about sex, it's the creation and the birth of soul ties. Where I'm intertwined and connected with somebody and they don't went to Europe and I'm here in Japan and we're still connected. So when Paul encourages us to wait, he's not just asking us to wait. He's not just asking us to wait because uh, he's not just asking us to wait trying to put restrictions. He's trying to help us. Why? Because when I go outside of the plan of God when it comes to sex, he's trying to help us from the pain that will come in the future. Look at what he says. He says don't you realize your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you. and was given to you by God. You don't belong to yourself for God has bought you with a high price. You must honor God with your body. You must honor God with your body. Your body does not belong to you. Your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. Don't you realize don't you know have you forgotten that you have been bought with a high price so you must honor God with your body. You must honor God with your body. You must reverence your body. You must protect your body. saying it to stop you from enjoying life. He's saying it to protect us. And he's saying it to cause us to realize even though I have freedom, I can't do what I want to do with my body because my body does not belong to me. It belongs to the Lord. And he's paid, he's paid good money for this. And he deserves to use it as he sees fit. Pastor, all right, you said enough, I'm upset. I believe even in this, when it comes to singleness, singles, preserving their purity, I believe there is a partnership that the church and singles can come together and walk as one. Let me say it again. I believe that there is a partnership that can happen, a collision that can happen between the church And singles. Here it is. I believe this. I believe this. Single, spiritual, I'm sorry, spiritually mature men are to cover single women who don't have a father or a father figure. I believe that. What does that mean, Pastor? What does that look like? that if there are young ladies within the church who don't have a father or a father figure in their life that there should be some spiritually mature man whether it be the pastor, whether it be an elder, a preacher, a deacon or just some wise man in the pew that can be able to cover that young lady to be able to share wisdom with her to be able to cover her to be able to watch over her that if there's a joker that's coming And you know that their intentions and their motives are not right that you have built that godly relationship with them that you see them as a spiritual daughter and they see you as a father that you can be able to say hey I'm just sharing some wisdom but that joker don't mean you know don't mean you know how. how you know because that was me at his age before the Lord saved me. That the church can come together in partnership and cover. When you look at the Bible, when you look at the Bible and what Paul talks about here in Corinthians, if you read some chapters before, that was the role of the father. The daughter was to stay home with her father and the father was to protect her and to cover her until until she entered into the covenant of marriage. Nobody just came up and just grabbed the girl. No, the father had to be introduced to him. The father had to look him out. The father had to check them out to make sure because why? The father will want to make sure you're not going to waste my daughter's time and you're not going to take her virginity. And when fathers have been absent, the church has to rise to the occasion and step up and say, hey, I'm going to intentionally build a good relationship with this young woman. I'm going to intentionally be involved in her life as much as she will let me and share wisdom and insight. I've had to do it here. Come here. Hey, 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 hey. Them. Mm -mm. Nope. No. Nope. Don't. Mm -mm. Shh, don't even do it. Nope, I have to do it. I have that responsibility. Why sit here and you see someone is getting ready to walk into a house that's on fire? No, I'm not going to talk about you. I'm going to tackle you and get you out the way so that you won't destroy your life. Stand up and cover our young ladies And let brothers know Hey I'm brother so and so I know you've shown interest in her Hey let me just let you know up front You're not going to play with her She's not going to be another notch in your belt No, No 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 If you are serious in pursuing her My wife and I we have a great relationship with her You're going to have to sit down with us So that we can know your intentions Because we know what God's going to do in her life We know what we've invested in her And we're not going to allow you to waste it and mess it up Young man, you know, you, 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 you got something coming for you too. Spiritually mature men are to hold single men who don't have a father or a father figure in their life accountable. So long, the church has put the sexual pressure on our young ladies. Uh-huh. They get pregnant. They got to come before the church. and They did they stay with the church. Where's the joker to get her pregnant? We put the pressure and we tell a girl, she's going to save you, so going to save you. The same conversation we have with our single women are the same conversation that we have with our single men. And we hold them accountable. We step into their lives. We say, hey, no, 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 this ain't You're not, you're not going to sow your oak You're not just going to do what you want to do And just mess over girls and mess up their lives I'm going to hold you accountable Are you serious about it? Did God say that this is the one? If not, stop Don't play games with it Don't see how far you can go Hold them accountable Why, 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 pastor? Why, pastor? Why, why do this, pastor? Because it paints such a beautiful picture of the effectiveness of the Church of God. Mm-hmm. It shows the power of the Church. It shows the responsibility of the Church. When we're able to step into their lives and help them navigate through treacherous. That only happens when we're serious about building intentional relationships and willing to sacrifice and willing to allow them into your marriage to you see the good, the bad, and the ugly and to share with them your real, 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 real raw testimony you ain't been saved since the womb. Right. You, didn't, you, you didn't come out being a deacon. You didn't come out being a preacher. You didn't come out being a church mother. Tell the story. Tell the story. Tell, tell, tell the story. All your kids ain't about the same person. Tell the story. Tell it. Tell your real, uncut, raw testimony so that they can be able to see what grace looks like. All right. Pastor, you done made me mad. How do I apply this to my life? I believe that the word of God is a call to action. It's not just information, but it's a vehicle to transformation. He uses it to, to help us to become something that we can't become on our own. Pastor, how do I apply this to my life? Here it is. Trust God. It's going to be on the screens in a second. Trust God with your sex life by committing to celibacy. Let's wait a while. Sounds good. Good song. Bought a tear down your left eye. God's word is coming to us and saying, run, flee from sexual immorality. Get away from it. Your body don't belong to you. It belongs to the Lord. He bought it with a great price. He bought it with a big price. He did a big thing. And so there's a big Responsibility that comes along with that. That I put my sex life and all of that into the hands of God. You say, Lord, here it is. I know what I may have done in the past, I'm not my past. But from this day forward, I'm committing my body to you. No man, no woman who is not my wife or my husband would touch my body. My body is a precious gift that does not deserve to be played over or played with. I was talking to a former member last week and she was just saying, Pastor, I hear everything that you're saying. She said, but um, I'm tired. I'm tired. I, I don't know if I'm ever going to meet the right person. I don't know if it's ever going to happen. I've been saving myself. With am, I, am I saving myself for nothing? I mean, the guys that do approach me, not even, not, they're not even worth my time, but, 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 but I, I'm starting to think maybe I should just give it a shot. And I told her, I said, do you realize how much glory and how much honor God gets at the fact that you are saving yourself for your husband? I said, do you realize the testimony that you can be able to share with other young men and other young women? about waiting on God and doing things God's way even when you get frustrated and get mad and not want to do it that way at all. So do you realize the glory and the honor that God receives from what you do? I know it's a big ask. It's it's, it's big what I'm asking you. But I'm telling you it's worth it. That I give him. Here it is, Lord. Here's my sex life. And I'm committing myself. Either I'm gonna, re- I'm gonna remain, I'm gonna stay, a virgin until I'm married, or if I've already engaged in it, I'm giving myself back to you, Rededicate my life back to you. And don't get, don't get, don't get, don't get sassy. And try to find loopholes To go around Well I ain't going to engage in full sex We just going to have a little oral No, no, no We're not going to look for loopholes to get around I'm going to give my whole body to him And commit it to him Nobody will touch him But my husband It's a big. It's a big ask. It's a big ask. But I'm telling you, it's worth it. God gets glory. God gets honor. And you're worth the wait. You've been bought with the price. And just like you're making that commitment, man of God, a woman of God is making that same commitment. Woman of God, just like you're making that commitment, a man of God is making that same commitment. rush into it because it's more it's more than just sex it's more it's more than just that let me pray with you you might be discouraged you might be upset trying to figure out what's next let me pray father in the name of Jesus I gotta lift up every single one. I pray God that So they will receive this word, Father God, not as harm, but as help. I pray, God, that conviction has hit and that there can be a change in direction, a change in action to bring you glory and bring you honor. You don't have to walk in guilt. You don't have to walk in shame. You're not nasty. Mm Mm-mm. You were made in the likeness and the image of God. If you messed up, God can forgive you and God can give you a second chance to start over again. If it's a fight for your freedom, if it's a fight for control, God can help you. He can help you. He can, he's going to win, but he will help you. Say a race and fight that fight so that you remain pure and walk in holiness. You can't do it on your own, but you need his help. You need the empowerment of the Holy Spirit to help you. That's what he is. He's a helper. He'll come right beside you. Hallelujah. He'll help you. In Jesus' name. Amen. You may be watching this right now and you're saying, Pastor, okay, 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 I got you. I feel you. But you don't know him as your Lord and Savior. And just like he can empower a single to be able to live a holy life, he can empower you to live a godly life. If you're not saved, today can be your day of salvation. Real simple. Today can be your day of salvation. If you're not saved, I invite you to become a part of our virtual, uh, to become a part of our virtual family. I know we're not back in the building yet, don't know when we'll be back in the building, but salvation is not predicated on us being in the building. You can be saved today. You can be saved right now. All you have to do is confess with your heart, mom, confess with your mouth and believe in your heart. Believe that he died for you, that he rose again. And you, ma'am, you, sir, can be saved today. Secondly, if you don't have a church home, we would love for you to be part of our church family. Just put in the comment section at the bottom. Just say, hey, I want to be a part of Team Hope." with well, our facilitator. will reach out to you, get some information from you, and get you connected to the well. If you need prayer, I pray.